Hey everyone, Jeremy National Fire Radio. We're back for another one of our quick segments that we're doing on the audio platform today. I got a friend of mine. This guy is a friend. Uh, he's, he, he truly is a friend. Uh, I pick his brain quite often because he's probably one of the smarter people I know. Uh, he's very heady, very smart. He writes his writing. Yeah, I'll keep building you up, man. I mean, you're sitting here listening to me build you up right now. It's bullshit. But anyway, Mickey Farrell, Top Floor Tactics on Instagram. This guy's probably got one of the best tactical consideration, heady, brain-twisting writers and authors of the American Fire Service today. And I mean that with sincerity because I love your posts, and the people that digest your content do too. Um, you, you Listen, you and I, have we've, uh, we've, we've known each other for several years now. Um, because of the beauty of social media is how I got to know you. Yeah. Wow. That was way too much, uh, gratification and, uh, all right. I take it all back. A compliment that, you know, no, no, it, it was nice to hear. Thank you. And, and that does mean a lot. Um, yes, yeah, so we have been friends for, uh, for a few years now. Thank you through, uh, through Instagram, which is crazy to even say, but it absolutely is. But man, does it represent the good of social media and what it's doing to the fire service, man, it's connecting people like we've never been able to connect before. Yeah, no, I truly believe that, uh, the senior man is truly in the palm of all of our hands. And that's, that's something that's pretty special as well as powerful. So with that power takes a responsibility and that responsibility is something that, uh, it shouldn't be just, just casted onto people, um, without any research or any cross referencing of, of, of what you're reading and, and what you're digesting. 100%. And I'll tell you this too, people, you know, I get, I get caught up. I know, listen, man, we're supposed to be like diving right into some of your stuff, but I just want to hit on this cause you, cause we, we kind of got there. So many people today are like, Oh, social media, anybody can do anything and they can say anything and who's vetting them and who blah, blah, blah. Right. I look at it this way and I talk about it this way. Guys like you, you sign your, you sign your name, your experience to it, your writing. You could tell just by the writing alone that it represents a knowledgeable and guy that's been there, done that street credit type thing. And that's what people need to do is when you digest content on social media, you need to determine for yourself if it's credible. And you could do that really just by the content itself to see, you know, if it's, if it's overviews and sweeping sentences or if it's in-depth detailed value added type content. So, and yours is, and that's why, we're going to be doing this on our audio platform with you. I want to make this a weekly occurrence because I get into your Instagram posts and they are well thought out, well written. I know through past conversations with you, you take a lot of time and uh, ownership of the content that you put out. And I think that it is reflective in the response in the community you've built. So I want to hop right into it, brother. You over the last couple of days have talked about search. The Beginner's Guide to Search. I'm looking at it in front of me. Man, what a topic, and there's so much to it. Talk to me about where your brain goes and how you come up with these ideas and, and how your writing start, and then let's hop right into the debate on search. So, unfortunately, I can't turn the fire service off. I'm constantly thinking about it, observing, reading, studying, um, and whatever the hot topic may be in my brain for that day, I kind of uh, I break it down and I take notes on it. This is one that I woke up and I just was thinking about social media in general and everyone's trying to reinvent search or not even reinvent it, but they're trying to like stamp approval of what the primary search is. And I really think that most departments across the nation 
really don't have a concept of what the primary search is and where and when in the fire building where you may change your tactics when searching. Uh, it's not necessarily what we learn in the fire academy, and especially in the fire academies across the nation where positioning isn't really a part of what we're learning. We're learning the basics of search, the basic techniques, but not necessarily where, when, and who is doing those searches. All right, keep going, man. I'm listening. I'm, I'm sitting back. I want you to go because I know All you right. like the rap. So, I, and I agree with you, right? So, I mean, we're, we're setting our people up early on. We teach the importance, the three factors, right, of the importance of the fire service, extinguishment, ventilation, and search, right? Those are like the, the three points, right, that we talk about. Search, obviously, that is priority number one, you know, in, in regards to we're there to protect and serve the citizens and residents of our municipalities and where we respond. Yeah, and I mean, as far as reinventing the search, I feel this is something that it's um, it's only being reinvented by those that don't really do it. And that's words of Pete Partridge, a good friend of mine. We've talked about the subject. And that was kind of his sum up of the entire idea of what's going on with search today. So jumping into the actual primary search, what we've lost sight of, or we're never really truly passed on through our teachings, is the primary search starts at the fire, the seat of the fire. So essentially we are searching for fire. Once we find that fire, now we are searching for life. That's gotten overlooked or not necessarily passed on through the teachings across the nation because, again, we're not necessarily talking about positioning. We're talking about just doing a search, left-hand, right-hand search. In reality, when you're going to a fire, and you're the first two company, that's all out. You're searching to the point of the fire and then from the fire back. Now, of course, as we're searching, we're not disregarding points of life. We're always looking, but we're looking for that fire. That is the number one objective. Because when you really break it down, water on the fire will save more lives than anything else. And the quicker we can find that seat of the fire, guide the engine company into position, get water in that fire, things are going to get better quicker. And that's why a lot of times when we don't really have the positioning or the manpower, the search gets overlooked because you want to get water quickly and proficiently on that fire. That so, said, yep, go ahead. No, 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 go no, ahead. Go, that go, said, go. though, well, that said, getting back to, we're not necessarily searching for life off the bat. We're searching for the seat of the fire. I am, that's what we really, I'm, really have to get across to the people when they're actually out there training and learning search. So I've never heard it put across that way, right? So, you know, typically, right? And and here's – so, okay, let's break it down, right? You mentioned, like, you know, uh, fire one, right? The, the, basic, the basic course that we all take as we enter the fire service, you know, young and excited, right? And what do we do? We teach left hand, right hand, in through the door. And we don't teach – I mean, truly – I don't know of any academy that I've been to uh, for any basic type training where they taught you to get to the seat of the fire and then work your way back out, right? It's always that left hand, right hand, open the door, force entry, open the door, you're going left, you're going right, right? We meet, we, we sweep the middle, right? And then we move on, right? In reality, reality based, that's just not, just not the play. But I, I never heard it put that way, Mick, that we're, we're seeking the fire first, and then working our way back, right? Because I agree with you. I agree with you, man. The biggest problem at hand is the fire. We need to get water on that fire. And once we can get control, things start to get better, right? But the search itself, we need to get to the seat and then start working our way back. 
Yeah, correct. This is for the fire floor. Yes. Now, when you go to the floors above, everything changes. But let's stay on the fire floor. Yeah, right now. please. So, the argument always comes into, well, we don't have the manpower. We don't have a truck company, right? We don't have this. We don't have that. But we're losing sight of is that. Let's talk the volunteer world, right? A lot of times, I mean, you can tell me this, Jeremy. Yeah. Is the, the chief's probably one of the first guys on scene, right? Yeah, typically. So, in reality, when we're not operating as a true positions within the truck company, that chief now acts as that quote-unquote primary search guy or, or the guy going to find the seat of the fire. He should be making entry into this building and looking for the seat of the fire, closing the door, confining that fire. We all have the water can, right? They're on every rig. But how often do you see guys carrying that can? We have to remember the can is not for extinguishment. It's for confinement. Right. So if we can knock fire back into a room, close the door to that room, now you are essentially gaining control of the fire floor to allow for the companies to get into position. And this could happen with that first two chief, the first guy on scene. Now, I'm not going to get into the two-in, two-out rule because that's – Nah, it's that's not even worth. It's not even worth the conversation. I hate that no, shit. No, it's not. Yeah, I know what people are thinking. Nah, going to be thinking, oh, two in, two out. That's out. Because in my opinion, I always hear someone calling for help, even if I don't. Right? Someone's always maybe in there, and that's just my opinion on that. You have to make the the push. You can't be waiting for the guy to come down the block, come in and say, oh, we're going to team up and go do a search. Again, we're searching for fire right off the bat, confining that fire, coming back and directing the engine company into place. And that's just basic as the first new chief in small volunteer department getting on scene, being aggressive, understanding the limitations of his abilities, but getting into that position and just confining the fire, locating the fire, and telling the engine when they get there. That's a primary search that people don't realize. And on his way back, after he closes that door, he's searching that, that floor for anyone on there. He's looking for any life. Right, So these are the little things that we're overlooking when it comes to training, especially in the academies. How often do you go to the academy and the first thing they're teaching you about is closing the door and working your way back? It, it's just not happening. Yeah, right? yeah, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. So I, so many things here to unpack, right? And we're just, we're just scratching the surface. But um, I, I wrote a note down for a later conversation about Canis for confinement, not extinguishment. I think that is a whole conversation in and of itself. Um, but to the search, I would just want to read the, the, first, the first one you did, Beginner's Guide. Let's face it, many departments today have lost sight or have never truly grasped the importance of conducting a primary search. Number one, the primary search must, capital bold, must remain a priority and shall never be outweighed by tasks that, even when appropriately timed, have a negligible effect on the preservation of life. Two, the primary search must be conducted ahead, above, or opposite the hose line unless met with a volume of fire that uh, indeed deems the task impossible. And three, the only search that is being conducted behind a charged hose line is that of dead people. That is a strong statement. <laughs> I love it. Yes, yeah, so I've, I've, I've taken some shit for that statement in the past. I, but Sure. No, but, but you take shit from the guy that don't understand what the importance is of getting ahead of that, that engine company truly is, you know? Yeah, I get it, man, and I, I totally get it. And I think when, you know, when you automatically hear of the search, the primary search, it goes right to victims. It doesn't go to fire, right? And, and a lot of times, you know, uh, the fire is not presenting itself in a way that we can tell from the exterior of the building. We need to get in there and locate and determine that. 
Um, and, and then from there, we, we deem the life hazard after we can get that line in place and, and expeditiously get water on that fire. 100%. Talk to me about prioritizing the task. The task at hand then, the priority in your world and, what you, and where you're going with this is finding the seat of the fire, correct? For the first two truck companies, yes. for the first two guy on scene, it is critical that we locate the seat of the fire before anything else happens. Got it. And then from there, we must conduct ahead, above, or opposite the hose line. So we find a seat of the fire. We either dread in, in, you know, if it's a, uh, if it's a, uh, say, an urban department that has uh, multiple companies coming in with appropriate staffing levels, right? Typically, if the truck's first in, they're going to locate the seat of the fire. Typically, get that engine company in place because they're stretching. They get that, and then they go off and do their their tasks at search. Let's talk in the volunteer world. It could be the the initial engine making that push with the line and and finding that seat of the fire, right? Um, or as you stated, a, a chief, a first due chief or somebody like that that has the initiative and aggressiveness to get in there and, and locate the seat of the fire to make that push easier for the engine, right? Let's talk about searching for victims. Let's talk about ahead, above, and opposite the hose line. So the hose line's in place. What are we doing? I'm sorry you cut out there, Jeremy. Yeah, so we get that. Once that seat of the fire is located, we're stretching that line, and we're getting water on that fire. Talk to me about the priorities of life. So the life, right, closest to the fire is probably the most dangerous area of the fire, except for the fact the floor above, right? This is the place that nobody wants to be. Right. I don't want to be up there. Nobody wants to be up there. That said, it's probably the most hiring position you could ever have on the fire ground is on floor above. Um, your search there now, it completely flip-flops. Your, your point of search is life is number one, right? We already located the seat of the fire. You're now making the move to go to the floor above. You must make contact with that first new engine company advancing the line in, preferably the officer, if you can't get the officer, get the miles of men or get someone, depending on how your department works, but ensure that they know that you're going above because your life is in the hands of that engine company. If anything was to go wrong with that line, you're in a really, really bad situation. That being said, searching on the floor above, your search starts the second you pass that threshold, the ideal H, right? Once those conditions completely change and you're going above now, either through a window, if you're DESing, or going above of a multiple dwelling or a private dwelling, whatever it is, once you cross that threshold, that's where your search is beginning. We're searching for life. Then we're looking for fire travel, fire existence from the floor above. All right. So working your way up, first new truck, locate the fire, we get the fire. Second new truck comes in, past that threshold, you're now on the floor above looking for life. Once we deem the fact that it may be um, no life up there, yeah, your search is negative. You're now looking for fire extension, looking for pipe chases, dumbwaiter shafts, voids, um, balloon frame. You're looking, you're, you know, you're opening up those areas, depending on the building you're working in. But that's a secondary thought is the fire versus the first thought is life on the floor above. I get it. I like it. Keep going. What else you got? Give me some thoughts. Keep going. Just keep spitting. So what we're missing on this whole thing, everything, the glue of all this, right, is tempo. I like this. Go ahead. Do it. I like rhythm. this. Mm -hmm. But that's that's the glue that holds us all together. And we're not training with that tempo, that flow, that rhythm. Everyone is out of sync. When you watch training, people are learning. They're going slower. They're going faster, whatever that may be. But we have to understand. We have to be teaching flow. 
We have to be teaching tempo. We have to be teaching rhythm. Now, it's not necessarily something you read in the textbook, but it comes from within, right? It's something that when you kind of get the hang of what's going on, it'll come natural to you. But confidence. What's that, confidence? Confidence, yes. experience, right? These are all where things matter, right? This is where, especially in this situation, right? If it is floor above or you're searching for known life hazard, right? Like that is where it's absolutely critical that your confidence in initiative is ready to go. Yes. So confidence also comes with experience in a series of making numerous mistakes making numerous mistakes throughout your career. That's where confidence comes from, is yeah. by making mistakes, right? So mm-hmm. how many times have we been in fires where we're looking for the fire and it's not where we thought it was? Probably more times we like to admit. Sure. Unfortunately, this happens with the line being in the wrong position. So this, again, comes back to that tempo, that flow, that rhythm. You pull up to a fire. It's out two windows in a bedroom on the second floor of a private dwelling. Boom. Your tempo is a little bit faster only because this is a relatively easy fire, right? You're kind of bumping your groove when you're moving. Everyone's kind of in sync together. Now we pull up three in the morning, heavy cauliflower, thick smoke pumping out of every window, every eve. We're not sure of the seat of the fire. It's a hot fire. You can tell now that tempo, that rhythm has to slow down, right? We, we all have to be in the same page of slowing down and ensuring that we understand where the seat of this fire is before anything else happens. Before we commit lines to that building, we have to know where we're going to be operating and why we're operating there. Critical, critical. And that comes from understanding the flow, the tempo of the rhythm of every scenario you go to. I love you know, it. I, yeah, go ahead. Go. Guys, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I don't make a lot of notes when I do when I do things, and I just jot it down. It says job type equals tempo. Yeah. It's a, gr- it's a great topic. It is an absolute great topic because you're right, man. We got fire showing out of two windows on the second floor. We know where it is. We know how we're getting there. We know what we need to do. The fire is located. That's, that's a huge portion of that initial – you know, the first initial minutes on the fire ground is locating that seat of the fire. And that circles right back to the beginning of this conversation when we talk about search. The priority is locating that seat of the fire. Once we locate the seat of the fire, everything falls aligned. Yeah. The problem is when we don't locate it and we don't get water quickly, that's when things go sideways. You see, every line of duty depth we deal with, it's not every. I would say 90% of the time. It's loss of water, lack it of is. water, not, under, not understanding where the fire is actually burning or where it's burning to. That all comes with slowing down and ensuring that we get the proper positioning on the fire from the engine company to the roof band, the OV, the irons, the can, the officers. It all comes a part of that rhythm. A good analogy is if anyone's ever worked in the restaurant business, worked in a bar or a restaurant, is a tempo, a flow, and a rhythm to your night. Now, Tuesday night, three in the afternoon, four o'clock happy hour, kind of the slow time, takes up a little bit, there's a little bit of a flow, a little bit of a rhythm. Now, Saturday night, it's the rush, 8.30. If everyone working that night isn't in sync with one another, you're gonna have a bad night. No one's gonna make money, the customer's gonna be pissed off that they're not getting their food properly, the drinks are wrong, everything's, everything's falling apart. Transform that to the fire ground. If we're all not in sync, Things are going to fall apart. And when things fall apart on the fire ground, it's a domino effect for tragedy. And it all, again, comes from just slowing 
down. Yeah, how do we – so, Mick, let me ask you this just as a – as a guy that uh, comes from the volunteer world where I, I could potentially have 10 guys on the onset or I could have three guys on the onset, right? We're looking at prior, prioritizing jobs on the fire ground, but that tempo is important, right? Where, how, do, how do we – the tempo gets out of control at times when it is uh, – when variables are thrown at you very fast, very quickly, and you're dealing you, with – so few with so so many things at hand right i think most of the people that listen like a lot of us don't work in 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 uh, or volunteer in urban settings where we have the resources the appropriate staffing right and and things like that where it makes the job and the expectation of that tempo or the expectation of of how we deliver our services on a regular basis will change dramatically as soon as you throw one or two wrenches into it how do we, or what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do, how do we do a better job at being able to adjust to so many variables so fast, right? Because, like, at the, at, I, I can count timeless fires now that I've been to where we're working with, we're doing the job of 30 with, with five or six guys. And so, you know, the tempo gets sped up. The Things are prioritized in a way that, you know, typically if we had staffing of 20 or 30 on the initial alarm, you know, the prioritization of jobs would probably fall differently in the cards. So, I mean, there's there's just a shit ton of variables that, that we deal with regularly. Yeah, I think the answer to that is understanding the importance of what tasks are really necessary. Yeah. Having the positive outcome. So it's similar to a chess match, right? So yeah. you, can, you can know, right, you can move on different pieces different ways and have that same outcome as checkmate. However, if you truly understand the game, you know what pieces to move and when to move them and how each move will correlate in the end to the final checkmate by using a minimal amount of moves to get there. So breaking it down to the fire ground now is understanding that, number one, yes, locate the fire. Number two, we have to stretch that line properly with enough sufficient line to get the job done. We don't want a short stretch. Number three, coordinated attack, right? But what are we truly in coordination with? I think timing on the fire ground is everything, and that's the hardest thing timing. to get right. Yeah. Right? We can't get everything right with timing. What we can do is understand that merely throwing a portable ground ladder, that's just a bridge to gaining position on the fire. It's not the objective. Right. People get so caught up in throwing ground ladders as that's the objective. Understand it's just the bridge to gaining position. The position is the objective of getting position on the fire. The ladder is going to get you there effectively, right? Forcing a door, again, not the objective, just an obstacle to gaining position on the fire. So we get so caught up in all these tasks of forcing doors, throwing ladders, cutting roofs, when it comes down to timing and understanding with time, certain things will allow you to gain position in the proper way. So throwing the entire bed of ladders is a great Instagram post or a great Facebook um, picture to read. However, in real life, to answer your question, Jeremy, when you get curveballs thrown at you, don't worry about putting ladders up. Worry about getting one ladder to bridge yourself into position to getting that search done or locating that fire. Yeah, I, brother, your mindset, this is this is what sets you apart from so many people that I've had the absolute honor to get to know. And, and I've met some just wonderful people, and you're obviously one of them, and I value our conversations because we talk regularly, you and I, and – you know, we get in. I always tell you how heady you are and how I'm envious of 
your writing style and and how your brain works. Your mindset is so different than most of ours. You know, the fact that you're talking about what the job what the actual job is and everything else is a is a way to facilitate doing your job correctly, right? Even just that with the portable ladders. It's a t- it's a totally different conversation about mindset. We don't talk about that in the fire surface often if at all. Well, thank you, Jeremy. It's very kind of words. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I don't mean to like leave you hanging. Like, I, I'm just. It's. It really is, though. I think really a, a, a strong conversation because I. I think it's as simple as going back and breaking down the the priorities of what the jobs are, and then what needs what tasks support that mission, right? So you have the mission of extinguishment. Well, that would be your engine company, hooking up to a, a, a water supply if need be, getting that initial line stretched. Forcible entry falls in line with that because they can't get the line to the seat of the fire without popping that door. You got to have good egress access. You got to have your fire. Like, these are all things that as we train on them, we train on them as, like, that's the, the goal is to, uh, you know, force that door. No, the, the, the goal is to force the door to get that line and open up egress for, you know, uh, it, you know, inside and outside type work, right? Like, it's a mindset shift that I don't think we talk about at all. No, and I think a lot of it comes from being proactive, believe it or not. I think it's almost it's overly proactive. When it comes down to, like, the forceful entry door props, great tool, but we're losing sight to the fact that that's just – an obstacle yeah it's not the destination yeah so when we make that the destination and we practice on it day in and day out it becomes a destination and that's all people are focused on we're not talking about once we force that door in the door prop what are we doing next and why are we forcing that door it's not gap set force that's not the drill to me the drill is get through this door any way you can because the challenge is behind it that's the objective so i just wrote down big picture and and then hyper focus we worry too much. We hyper-focus on the individual task and not the big picture. Yeah, and, and no, it's not a bad thing, but we just can't lose sight of the big picture, like you're saying. I mean, all those little things you have to be proficient at. Like throwing a ground ladder is, is, is very important to do it properly into, into the sill and this and that, whatever you have to do. But let's last lose sight. It's just a bridge. It's just a tool to get you to where you need to be, you know? I, I do, and then I, I'm I'm thinking now because you got my brain spiraling out of control, which you often do. But I'm thinking about like how we how we teach a train, right? So we'll do we'll do a, a session just on training on ground ladders. Then we talk about searching a room, you know, and then we talk about VES as as a uh, function on the fire ground. And then we teach our guys how to throw that ladder, get their tools up there appropriately, how to check from the window, how to clear the window, check from the window make entry, isolate, you know, close the door, whatever, right? We t- but we teach, in, we teach in steps, right? So we, we break down the function of VES over a ground ladder, and we, we teach that in steps, which could be maybe in a volunteer house, it could be one step every week for that weekly night, you know, that one night a week training, right? In a career department, it might be today, we're going to focus on this, tomorrow we'll do this, with tomorrow, you know, next day, and so on. So it's a little more... Uh, you know, it's a little more together, but I think with disjoint, it, it kind of becomes disjointed, right? Because like one day we talk about the task of throwing ground ladders, but then we expect you to be able to carry that over to the to the task of VES, 
and we're not teaching VES as a whole. We're teaching it in pieces, and then we expect the, the firefighter to put all those pieces together over time to be able to perform VES flawlessly. Yeah, and I would love to get into a conversation with VES another time. Yeah, 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 so for sure, for sure. That. But I think— I just use that as an example of, no, like, a task but, on the fire ground, right? No, you're right, and, like, I break that down in one of my lectures, and I, I really get into the steps of that. But I think the problem is, and where, where we've gotten to where we are today, is that years ago, the steps were taught reversed, right? The steps were extinguishment, fire, putting fire out. That's what you learned first. And as time changed and as security built and, and all this, then it became into forcing doors. And then the science gets involved. Now we're talking about flow path and isolation and all these other things. Years ago, they learned to put the fire out. I fucking love this. I things, love this. Keep going. Keep going. As other things kind of got introduced, we kind of lost sight of what the actual objective was. Water on the fire, searching for life. Two very important things. And we've lost sight of that because of all these other things that get introduced through training. And that is the job of throwing a ground ladder, forcing a door, all these little things that they're just small, intricate steps. Again, with the game of chess, I always go back to that. I truly believe chess is, is, a, is a very much of a parallel to the fire ground where checkmates the ultimate goal, right? But if you break down a, a game of chess or a match, it's, it's moving the pieces away from that checkmate and how you got there, right? Learning how the pawn goes one or two steps in the beginning is it necessarily going to get you to where you have to be of understanding what the purpose of that game is and how to play that game the right way, the proper way, the way with mindset transforming the skill set to get checkmate. And it really parallels the fire ground where we have to get back to understanding the main objective is checkmate or water on the fire. All the other steps per se is just part of getting there. I love it. I freaking love this, man. What a, what a awesome Awesome conversation. I absolutely love it. So listen, all right. So we kind of, I mean, we kind of got off search a little bit, you know, and, and, uh, and so just to bring it back around and for the people that are listening, if you're not on Instagram, that's where you need to be because Mickey's page, top floor tactics dives into these types of conversations on the regular man. Your, your content's crushing. And I mean that in the, in the, in the best way possible because it's making an impact on the people that truly will sit and digest your content and, and read it and then, Put some thought to it, man. Um, let me ask you this. So search, we hit on, you had three separate posts for search. Um, and so I just got another call coming in. So sorry about the beefs. Um, what's your call? But you do so much, right? And you talk about mindset. You talk about science meets spirituality, which is just wild. What's fueling you, man? Like what's fueling your passion to put your brain into words and to share what you have come to know with everyone. Wow, that's a really hard, hard question. I mean, we we touched on this years ago, you and I. Were, yeah, I know, I know. But uh, there's going to be a lot of people that you know. You and I sat down on a podcast two, three years ago, three years ago, probably. Like yeah. you know, I and that's why I would love to start doing some more regular stuff with you, only because you have so much to share and you have a way. <laughs> I got one of your posts up right now, and somebody literally wrote down, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> That's when I read some of your stuff, I swear to God, man, I'm like, I have to read it twice because I'm just not smart enough to understand it. So I love how your brain works, but, man, 
you have a way of putting putting your thoughts in the word and delivering that. Why why are you doing it? Man, I'm doing it honestly. It could be selfish. I don't care. Like I know. it 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 to me the amount of time that I know you take to put into what you're putting down. I mean, first of all, everything you done, everything you're doing is done in perpetuity. So, which is super cool because for the for the rest of history, your thoughts and ideas are now written in a in a format that anyone can digest. Your great 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 grandkids will be able to read what their great 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 grandfather had written 200 years ago. Think about that. You know, no, it's no, that's 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 overwhelming. To yeah, think about, but, yeah, but I love but you, it. You know what it is. So it's like take a mechanic, for instance, right? And he can love race cars, work on race cars, but to sit down and write a manual on how to build an engine is probably pretty difficult because he hasn't had that much time working with, with a certain engine or a certain race car or this or that. The fire service, to me, I, I've hit a point where I feel comfortable enough to write about that engine, right? To write about all the intricate parts that make the engine work because I've made so many mistakes over the years that I am, I'm okay with sharing my mistakes. And with those mistakes comes knowledge, right? Yes. Everything you learn comes from, from making a mistake. Even children looking, uh, learning. My, I watch my kids learn math or, or reading, whatever it is. They make so many mistakes, but like, I love when they make mistakes because I know they're learning as they make the mistakes. Same thing on the fire service for me. I made so many mistakes that now I'm confident enough where I can write about it in wholeheartedly with, from experience making the mistake to the outcome of learning the right thing to do. Um, everything from, from the mindset all the way to how to force the door, right? It's all right there. But what truly motivates me now is that when I've touched certain parts of guys that I've worked with from my job that reach out to me, people that I hold at a standard of, of, of expertise, and they say you're doing the right thing, fuels me to do it. Because you know so many times where – you kind of get fed up with the whole social media thing and it kind of, it's a total turn off and you go away for a little bit and you come back. But when you have those guys that you looked up to for your entire life, reaching out to you saying, Hey, keep up the good work. You're making a difference. It motivates you in, to the point where it's, it's, it's taken over your life almost because I feel like my message, I want to get out. I want it to be heard because I think it's impacting for the positive mainly and solely for my job. And that's honestly, selfishly, I only truly care about my job as much as the fire service, but I want my job to be on page on the same page with what I'm doing because the loyalty stands there. That makes sense. No, it does, man. It absolutely does. And I, I, I think back to, uh, I, you, man, I, I don't even, I could go a thousand different ways with this and, and, uh, and I don't want to keep you too. I know I said like 30 minutes and we're already over, but, um, you and I could talk for hours cause it's what we do. But I, I look at it this way, too, Mick. I think what you've been able to – one, I know you never want to disappoint the guys that taught you. I know that about you. I'm, I'm very much the same way. The people that had an influence in my life, the people that I put on a pedestal, the people that took their time to teach me, educate me, make me better, not just as a firefighter but as a man, right? Like, I never want to disappoint those people. And when you feel like you come up short, man, I, I get, I'm crushed by that feeling, right? So, like, that's important to me. And I just want you to take this away from this conversation. I know that's how you feel. You and I have talked about that. 
Um, and I know the impact that people have had on you and how important that is and how you put that on a pedestal. I totally get it. I'm right there with you. But just think about this too, man. You're now one of those guys that are influencing people. And people, whether in your firehouse or the people you touch on your job or through your social media content, you are making an impact like those pillars in your career. You're doing that for so many people and you don't even know you're doing it. And so, man, keep doing what you're doing. I absolutely love the amount of time and energy you put into it. Uh, and I truly value the content you put out because I think it is some of the best stuff out there on social media for the American Fire Service, hands down. So that's it. That's the last kind thing I say about you today. Um, <laughs> you, you gave me so many great talking points that I want to hit the next time we go around and, uh, and do this. But I'm going to do this in front of people that are going to be listening to this. I'm going to ask you that we do this on the regular, you and I. I'd love to grab 30 minutes a week with you and do this. I'm going to put you on the spot, and you're going to say yes, right? Absolutely. Beautiful. Uh, and I, uh, no, I appreciate the opportunity, <laughs> Jeremy, because uh, it's not too often I get to talk about the stuff that I'm writing about. So it's, it's, it's a nice change to actually – put some of the words in my head in, 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 in verbiage to you. you know? Yeah. And, and I hope that I do it justice because I'm, I'm just a meathead. Right. And like, I, you know, like I said, I mean, you're, it's just to sit here and to digest your content and then try to ask you questions about it. I feel like an idiot. So I just want you to know that, you know, the 30 minute segments we're going to be doing going forward will just be you talking for 30 minutes and I'm just going to be here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, brother, I'm going to let you go. I know you got a thousand things going on. Do you have any last, uh, anything else you want to add before we take off? Uh, just always remember, when you're searching behind the hose line, you're essentially searching for dead people. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, powerful. And I, th <laughs> I think you can put so much thought into that. Um, and I think that sums it up. So, brother, I appreciate you as always. Where can people find you if they want to reach out? Uh, you can go to uh, topfortastics.com or you can just find me on uh, Instagram. Those are the only two places you can find me. Awesome. Well, listen, man, keep up the good fight and uh, keep talking about the job. Keep writing about the job and um, because, frankly, it just makes the job better. So I appreciate yeah. you. Thanks for hopping in. Don't take off. I'm just going to close out, stay on, and then uh, I'll get right back to you. So, everyone, thanks for tuning in for another uh, quick episode of National Fire Radio on the podcast, audio platforms. Uh, please like, share, follow, whatever the hell all these podcasters say about their shows. Please do it with ours, too, because we love the recognition and uh, we actually uh, love to hear the feedback. So ask questions and uh, fire away, man. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, Mick, thanks for joining me. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. See ya.